On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good oil, pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Yeah, good morning and welcome back to Sky Sports Radio. Monday's Experts is our segment of a Monday at 11 o'clock where we get to chat to our participants across New South Wales and, for that fact, across the country about their career and life in racing. And it's not, as I always say, it's an opportunity for us to hear about the story behind the name. And this... uh, gentleman who's joining me in the next little bit here on Sky Sports Radio. What a story he has got. He won last year's Kosciuszko. I thought it was fitting to uh, have him on the program today because we are in Corowa on... Uh, we're in Corowa tomorrow night and we're also in Corowa on Wednesday morning broadcasting live for the 2023 Racing HQ Cosy Tour. And I speak of Jeff Jiraya, of course, the trainer of Front Page, or was the trainer of Front Page, of course, now that horse with Matt Dale. But what a story this bloke has got, and I believe he is connected and ready to go. He's on the phone as we speak. Good morning, Jeff. Welcome to Monday's Experts. No worries, Dave. Thanks very much for the call. Looking forward to chatting with you about your life and career, Jeff, because you've certainly <laughs> had uh, a you know, a great life, from what I've read. You've had a lot of success in various aspects of racing, and I want to take you all the way back to where you were born. You were born in a small town in southwest New South Wales, I believe. Yeah, Bell Reynold. What was it like growing up in Bell Reynold, mate? Oh, there wasn't very much to do. Um, so uh, half a dozen of us got ponies, and... Uh, we used to go out in the reserve and ride them and do all stupid things, and um, but because there was not very much else to do, so we used to go out and we'd find a mob of cows or whatever out on the reserve, and um, we'd single out a half-grown one and we'd catch him and take turns of riding him. No ropes, yep. nothing. Just just hang on and hope. <laughs> anyway, so we all always we got thrown a fair bit, but occasionally we rode them. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that, and and did you go? To, you went to school in that town, or did you board? Yep, yep. No, no. Went to school. I went to school in that town. Never went away. Um, school and I didn't get on very well. Yeah, um, they didn't like me, and I didn't like them. <laughs> So, so at the end of year three, they said, I think Jeff had better go and find another profession. Him and school don't seem to get on very well together. Before uh, your, uh, before you got the pony, which obviously was in the backyard, and you, you rode to a lot of success, actually, a lot of Jim Carners, I believe, um, that yeah. particular pony. But was there racing or horses in the family? Yeah, my uh, grandfather... He was a jockey um, in the uh, turn of the century. Um, I'm not 100% certain if he won a Mooney Valley Cup, but I had a feeling he did. And when I rode in it, you know, 70 years later or whatever it was, um, I thought, gee, if if I could win this. Um, But, yeah, he... 
he, um, I can talk very much to him about his career in racing. Um, but anyway, he, uh, I've seen a few old photos that Mum had, and that. So I think he was fairly, you know, reasonably successful. So, um, so I think he he was, you know, a, a reasonable jockey. We're chatting with Jeff Duraya this morning on Monday's Experts. Jeff, so I believe at age 15, you moved to Berrigan or Berrigan yep. and you began your apprenticeship. So you're an apprentice jockey and you were at the Honeychurch stable, yep. if that's correct. And I, I think at the time you also broke in most of, uh, it was Bert Honeychurch, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. You broke in a lot of Bert's horses, so not only were you the apprentice, but you're also breaking in the horses. So obviously, you were from a very young age uh, entrusted in a very good horseman. Uh, oh, and I got the grand total of when I finished breaking them in. I used to get twenty dollars bonus on top. <laughs> on, on top of me. Jeez, he was a big spender, a Bird. He was a big spender. <laughs> yeah, on top of me, $10 a week. Fair income. A lot's changed since then, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but you never thought of it when you were young. No. No one did. You know, anyone that, you know, young just went out and, you know, you did what you had to do. Exactly. And, and at the time of, of riding, I mean, you were a top apprentice and I haven't got the exact stat in front of me, but you did win a number of country New South Wales Victorian Cups, didn't you? Country Cups. Yeah, I won them. Uh, touch wood, I was lucky enough, I won them all. Uh, you so, know, so you've won Wagga. every... What, what, what country Cups have you won in New South Wales? Oh, Wagga, a couple of Albury's, a couple of Coros, um, Deneliquin, Jerulbury. Uh, the only one I didn't win was the bloody Berrigan Cup. You didn't win that one, the no. one where you moved to. <laughs> the one, and I had a ride in it every year for about ten years, and I could, I could never. I'd, I don't know. I rode favourites. I rode outsiders. Everything that happened that I didn't, you know, win. I didn't win one. The best chance one day was. I was riding one that didn't have a lot of weight. And he only had a wee little saddle. Anyway, we're going down the back straight and I was running through the poor, you know, sort of where I wanted to be. And next minute, I said, something's going wrong here. My legs started getting longer and longer and longer till I was sitting on his back. And I looked down and in those days, the saddles were, you know, just leather. And all the stitching broke, and so it it split in half underneath me. Fair income. And, and I was riding the odds on favourite. And I thought this would be best chance to ever win this bloody race. And uh, <laughs> and the next minute, my saddle split straight in half, and I ended up with my feet better. Uh, well, I was out of the fight, sort of thing. So yeah. Anyway. What what about Country Cups of Victoria? What have you won south of the Murray? Uh, Wodonga, Wangaratta, Benalla, 
South Morong. Uh, no, I don't think I want any Chuka. Um, one or two Chura Cup, I think. Um, but uh, Seymour, won a Seymour Cup. Wow. Uh, I think... I think I won a Kilmore Cup. Um, but anyway. Back in the day? Yeah. See, extraordinary. And then you've ridden in a Melbourne Cup as well. 1973, I read last night, you rode Red Hope in a Melbourne Cup, and that was one yep. of your career highlights. So how old were you in 1973? Uh, 21. So you're a 21-year-old boy. You've grown up in yeah, southwest 20, New South yeah, actually, Wales. Actually, 20 I was when 20. I was. 20. Yeah. So, and the the grade three teacher said, oh, I think Jeff needs to go and find something else to do. You come through that Honeychurch stable, breaking in horses for 20 bucks and riding, what, for $10. And then you find yourself riding in a Melbourne Cup. That's that's extraordinary, mate. Yeah, oh, well, we... Um, our boss was pretty loyal to us. Mm. Um as apprentices, and the old bloke that owned the horse, he was an old bachelor and he was an old stickler. So, um, yeah, so I was, I was lucky, and uh, but anyway, had a good, good run in the race, and uh, unfortunately, he'd been crook, and he, there was a virus sort of thing going around at the time, and he caught it. He probably wouldn't have ran in the Melbourne Cup if it wasn't. You know the Melbourne Cup sort of thing, so because yeah. he ran third in the Mooney Valley Cup, and which he should have won, he almost fell at the twelve hundred, and he got up and got beat three quarters of the length by three quarters or something. I went from running fifth or sixth back to you know nearly second last, mm. and uh, he got tangled up in the fall, but he kept his feet, and uh, you know so. We, uh, you know, we went into the cup. You know, if he, we thought if he's, if he can, if he can get through, he'll be a real good chance. But if his wind lets him down, well, there's nothing we can do about it. So um, I jumped out. I got exactly where I wanted to be, and um, and going out as a straight the first time and. I followed, getting to the corner, I got onto the back of Gala Supreme. Right. And he was, he was travelling all right, Gala Supreme, but I was travelling better. And, you know, we got to the, about the 300 and Ray's moved up on the outside of Gala Supreme and I was just behind him, not far ready to pounce on him. And then the big horse... Red Hope, he put his head up in the air and started roaring. And I said, well, there goes my Melbourne Cup. Um, you know, so I didn't knock him around. He just, I don't know, I think he still ended up beating half the field home. But mm. um, he, was a, he was a damn good horse, a real good horse. Um, At that time you were riding, who do you think was the best jockey you ever rode against? Roy Higgins. Why do you say that? Uh, Roy came from up our way, um, not far from Baronald and Eloquin. Yeah. And when I went down, 
I was riding down there. He'd often talk to me. And, you know, but uh, tell me a few different things. But when you got in a race, he was the most fierce competitor. You know, they say footballers get white line fever. They yep. should have ridden. A, <laughs> if he'd have been a, if he'd have been a footballer, <laughs> he'd have been a champion. Um, wow. He was tough and mean. You know, he would go through you for practice. Um, you know, he, I remember one day I rode at the Valley riding an old horse in a 2020 race or whatever it was, and an old horse called Nana Tail. And Roy was riding the, one of the favourites inside of me. And we got past the school, and my old horse couldn't run 2,000. But I was, you know, running fourth or fifth or something outside Roy. And he he was there trying to sort of get out, and I kept edging up and pushing him in, pushing him in. But we just got to the point of the corner, and my old horse wobbled a little bit because he was starting to feel the pinch. And Roy just went bang pushed me straight out of the way and I yelled out to him, you owe me, Roy, you owe me. And anyway, he won the race. We're trotting back to scales. <coughs> and I trotted up beside him. I said, don't forget, Roy, you owe me one. He turned to me and he said, Jeff, I owe no one nothing. <laughs> Just so, yes. Yep, yep. <coughs> Saying he'd done the same to me one day at Danelic when in a maiden. Fair dinkum. And, yeah, and I had a crack at him. He said, Jeff, it doesn't matter. If it's Melbourne, Deneliquin, or wherever it is, he said, take no prisoners. And yeah. I said, all right, fair enough. But he was very, <laughs> very com- he was very competitive, like, you know, um, a terrific bloke. And, but on, once on the field, stalls, once on the, the stalls track. open, yeah. yeah. And I've I seen him win on a lot of horses, that shouldn't have won. You know, I'm thinking to myself, sometimes watching him in the stand, sometimes I was in the race with him, and I thought to myself, you're gone, Roy. And then somehow or other, he'd lift him across the line. Do you, and it's hard to compare apples and oranges, but Jeff, do you do you think we have a Roy Higgins of today, in today's era? Like, who would be... In your opinion, the Roy Higgins of the 2023. Oh, gee, from what you've seen, yeah, that's a hard one because nowadays the the camera, the scrutiny is you can't breathe without you know everyone, everyone, um, everyone knowing and and seeing it, and you know, and they've got cameras here and cameras there and all over the place. We only used to have one old black and white one when I first we first rode at Caulfield, and uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I got a laugh. I won the race, first ride in town, and Bert took me down, and he put me gear in the room and said, "Now come up here and I'll show you around the track." I'd never been to Caulfield in my life, so we walked up into the stands. And he said, now, see, it's just like Berrigan. And I looked. Berrigan's got one running rail. That's it. Up here, <laughs> where we're standing up on the hill, there was about five running rails, all the old wooden ones painted, you know, sand track, steeple grass, blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, 
shit, I hope this horse don't lead. I could end up back on the bloody June freeway somewhere. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, anyway, we're chatting with... And, yeah, and we won. And, and uh, Frankie Razor had a second horse. And he protested. And the old bloke that owned him had a... He was pretty influential in racing Australia. And he said, you know, called us in and the old bloke had to, other old blokes had to stand up. He went to stand up and Jim Hearn said, no, you're right, Mr. Gorn, you're right. You, you just sit down and give us your version. Anyway, I thought to myself, we're going to be bloody hard-pressed losing this. <laughs> anyway, it was dismissed and... Then he called me back in the room. I'm riding a 550k horse. And he said, if you'd have moved another quarter of an inch to you would have lost that race. Unbelievable. Thought, a quarter of an inch on, on a 550k horse. It's, it's not very much. It's not at all. <laughs> Jeff Gerrera is my guest this morning on Monday's Experts. We're having a great yarn about uh, Jeff's career, of course. Um, started in southwest New South Wales and... Uh, was a, a top apprentice. Um, you decided to go to Corowa in 1975 and work for for uh, for Jack Freyer. What what made and spurred on that decision, mate? Oh, I was getting stale in Berrigan, and uh, Bert was getting older and starting to cut down. I got offered a real good job in. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Frank Cleary or someone in Canberra. Anyway, we went up, my wife and I went up there one day. Anyway, went and met him and stopped the night. Got up about uh, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock that morning from the motel. Walked outside. There was ice on the car. It was, it was about minus four or five, Fair and I go. walked back inside. I said to Moran, "We're not, we're not moving up here." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I come from, I come from Berrigan and Bell Reynold and and that." And I said, "You know, minus two, occasionally, is is cold." But I said, "Not like this." I said, "I'm not moving up to live in something like this." So, um, and I had an offer from. Jack Freer to go to Corowa. So I said to Maureen, my wife, um, we'll give it a we'll give it a burl and see what happens. In hindsight I should have went to I should have went to Melbourne and you know, threw me hat in the ring, but being a you know, country boy, um, I tended to prefer to stick to the prefer to stick to the bush. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, basically, <coughs> um, yeah, basically, that's that's what happened. Uh, talking about the bush, I rode a horse for Terry Millard in a 2000 mares race at Flemington, and she was favourite, Darling Beware, I think her name was. Anyway, and she drew terrible, she drew 13 or something like that. I came across and I could not get in anywhere. I went forward, I went back. They just kept me three wide. 
anyway, she got beat. I ran third or fourth or something. And Stan Aiken was <coughs> trotting beside me. And then we were coming down the race. And some alright punter, he was running along beside me. Jeray, do you think you could have got any wider? And I looked at him. I didn't say anything. And he said, yeah, if you'd got any rider, wider, you would have ended up in a Maribyrdong, you idiot. And Stan Aiken <laughs> leaned across and said, hey, mate, you know he comes from the bush. Yeah, he should go back. And he said, well, they don't have water up there. He doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> and the bloke, he stood there, he, he was dumbfounded. He didn't have anything to say, so he walked away. <laughs> and Stan looked at me and just laughed. And so, yeah, he was a damn good, he was a damn good rider, Stan Aiken in his day. Yeah. Yep. Very good rider. For those that can't pick the voice, it's Jeff Jurea we're chatting to today, and we're off to Corowa tomorrow night. In fact, we'll be in Corowa tomorrow night and also on Wednesday morning uh, as we broadcast live Racing HQ. I want to fast forward a fair few years, Jeff. You bought that property um, there in in Corowa um, in 1980, and you weren't far from the race course, and Mate, it just continued to grow. Obviously, you had a family of your own as well and, and the family um, get involved. I want to talk about some of the good horses you had. Um, obviously, we know the story with Front Page and also News Girl, but I want to talk about the mayor because that's one uh, thing that um, is really fascinating for me. This mayor of, of Front Pages, uh, the mum of Front Page, who, she's no longer with us, is she? She passed away, Stacey Lee, didn't she? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. She got, um, she got um, hoof disease. And, so you had, uh, tell us the Stacey Lee story, because that's, did you have Stacey Lee from the start? Yep, I bought her in Sydney in the Wheeling sales, because I reckoned the Bellisbury fillies were better than the, Colts, and she was a Bellis Free filly. I bought her when she was about eight or ten months old or whatever it was, and uh, reared her. But she she was a bugger to play, and she uh, had her in the round yard, and she was playing, and she over-buggerized around, and she went down and cut her knee open. And, you know, that was the start of... You know, a lot of problems. She cut it right, you know, split it like a watermelon. And uh, we, we, you know, it was one of those things. And where it was, you couldn't really, in those days, you couldn't, <coughs> you know, sort of plaster it or no one ever heard of that sort of thing. And, and uh, you couldn't stitch it because every time she bent it, the stitches would break. So we just had to keep her bandaged. And, and it took ages, but eventually she came good and, but it always affected her racing. But um, she was a uh, she was a, a, a damn a damn good mare, a, a real good mare um, <coughs> to a real good mare to us. And then um, you know, and then she ended up with a two two um, the first couple of foals, and that really sort of set us up. Um, you know, so we, when she passed away, we 
Um, she was at a, a place in Violet Town. And Susan Royal is the name, the lady, lovely lady. And so we said to her we wanted to buy something. And she said, no, 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 I don't want anything. And I, so we did. Maureen only dropped it over last week with our son Paul. He works in steel. He made a sculpture of a of her head, and Maureen and uh, Paul that took it over to Susan, and they uh, and she had a big. They we bought a big flowering gum, and so it's there near where they. At the barrier, and uh, with a plaque in front of it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she never seen anything like it, Susan. But anyway, so um, that's what she meant to us, and uh, so it's there. The tree will be there forever, and the steel plaque will be there forever. So yeah, um, that's beautiful. Yeah, you know, any often if we go to Melbourne. Whatever we'll call back to through Violet Town and just call in to say good day, and you know, <clears throat> and we've still got a a full sister, their little baby, and she, uh, Stacy, reared her for about the six, six first six or eight weeks, even even though she couldn't, um, you know, she could barely walk, and. She was losing weight, but she was putting it, she's putting everything into the foal to um, she's putting everything into the foal, you know, to make milk, and yeah. then it just got to the stage where she couldn't she couldn't do it anymore, uh, you know, the, the pain was too bad and blah blah blah. So, um, but anyway, yeah, but she she, um, she was placed in town. Um, she won. She won a, um, she won a few, you know. She she won, oh, I don't know, half a dozen or, or seven out of out of um, oh, I don't know, only out of about fifteen or twenty starts or something. And yeah, we we operated on a knees one time, but it it didn't work. She just couldn't get round the corners, so we retired her, and um, <coughs> we decided to send her to a, you know, a, just a. Good bread and butter stadium to make sure that see if she can <coughs> breed and all that sort of thing, and the results um, results history. Now you've got a filly. I did a bit of research here. Yep. People sometimes say I don't do any research, and sometimes they're right. But I did some research on uh, on this mare. Group chat is a filly yep. you've got by Stacey Lee, or not by Stacey, but out of Stacey Lee by Rubric. Correct. Haven't ever seen it at the races. It says no. currently spelling. Yep. What um, What's happening <coughs> with uh, with this filly? And does she have some uh, ability? I, I feel she has a lot of ability, but she's a 28th of November foal. Right. And so Stacey Lee went up to Scone, Hunter Valley, and she was supposed to be served and by Vancouver. She got served twice, but she didn't click to him. So they said, look, um, we can give her one try with Rubik 
and um, go from there. So she had one try to him and clicked to him straight away. So, but she, um, uh, she, yeah, no, she's just at home. She's spelling. She's been broken in. She's had a prep. She had a um, jump out of Wangaratta and went very, 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 very impressive. Mm-hmm. So, but she's a, you know, a big, tall filly. Um, she is a spitting image of a mother. So we we nicknamed her JJ because that was Stacey Lee's nickname, Jade. And yep. so, you know, you wouldn't, if you looked at them, had a picture of them both at the same age, <clears throat> you wouldn't pick the difference. So, but no, she, uh, she's a good, sensible filly, broke in well, trolled up really well. Um, Nick's okay rider and gave her a, a very big rap when he got come back off her. I won't say exactly what he said, but anyway, um, he was very, very impressed with her. Okay, so we just have to wait and see where, where she appears. Yeah. Yep. Um, Sooner rather than later, do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, she'll probably have a run around Christmas time, I would say. Okay. Um, yeah, we... She's just at home. We haven't, so we haven't actually really sat down and talked about where she should go. We just want to give her a little bit more of the spring. She's home. She's getting fed. She's in a big paddock. Got a rug on, um, you know. So at the moment, she's, you know, and she's she's growing nicely. Um, just got to wait for her to fill out. But um, she's, um, if you've got a good memory, when. We first producer, or we won't, whoever does, I think you want to um, have something each way on her. Yeah, so so that was well, my next question is, um, obviously it's she's still in your name as the, as the trainer. Have you, are you going to set up a system where someone will, will do all of your training and continue? Because we want to see these these colours continue, don't we? These front yeah. page colours. <laughs> I, I, I want to... Yeah. Front pages colours, they're gone to Matthew Dale with him. Yep. And he, his um, mission at the moment is to have another crack at the Kosciuszko. Yes. And he'll be carrying, if he makes it there, he'll definitely be carrying their colours. And that's what you want. Well, I, I'd love those colours to continue. Um the other one I wanted to ask you about, uh, just from a bit of research I'd done with Stacey Lee, is that she's also got an unnamed, uh, I think it's a foal with Mag by Magnus. Is that correct? Yep. yep. It's down at Violet uh, Town where Stacey um, got put, you know, had to pass away. And then mm. because she was rearing the foal, but and this lady there, Susan, um, she is an expert on, you know, rearing orphans. And uh, so, you know, we got recommended her. And, uh, you know, but so she, uh, but she cut her leg real bad. And we took her to the big vet hospital in Shepparton. And they said, look, pretty much no hope. Um, got a leg 
Catalina Pence when she was spelling down that way. And, um, you know, she severed one of the tendons and oh, it was a horrible mess. And the vets from Goulburn Valley said, oh, I don't think she'll make it. Uh, and she's going to have to be here for, for, you know, six months or eight months or something. And it's going to cost you fourteen or 16000 or something. But he said, I reckon she's only about a 30% chance of making it. So we got recommended this lady and we, she said, yeah, I'll, I'll take her and have a try with her. And she had news girl beside her and <coughs> front page inside of her. And we thought, well, you know, we can probably save news girl, but we're, I reckon we're going to lose the other one. But she lady done a great job and the old mayor done her part. She hung on and hung on and and uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 what happened. So um, extraordinary. Yeah, they had now, Jeff. Flo- a couple of years ago, they had floods um, right through the whole of Victoria. You know, the, all the stud farms were trying to move mares and everything. And That's right. Where she, yeah, where she was, because all the rivers broke their banks, and and where she was, um, uh, near Shepparton, and the Goulburn broke its banks, and they, she ended up on an island, out you know like in this big paddock with three or four other mares, and she had the had the foal beside her. The done deal that we sold. Um, anyway, and the bloke rang me and he said, "Look, you know, it's only a fifty-fifty chance uh, of getting her. You know, she's got a she's got to sort of try and wade through or swim through through, you know, about a kilometre." And I said to him, "You know, what about the foal?" And he said, "No, we'll grab the foal and we'll put it in the boat." But if she makes it or doesn't, I said, she'll make it. I said, she swam a hell of a lot at home. And I said, and she'll swim until she's exhausted. Anyway, so he rang me back and he said, you were right. He said, she swam beside that boat the whole kilometre. And he said, she was buggered when she got out, but she she never hesitated. She jumped in, in the in the river or the floods. And and swam the whole day, whole way beside the boat. That's extraordinary, Jeff. Um, we're gonna. What, what, I was gonna say, what are you doing on uh, Wednesday morning, mate? This Wednesday coming. Oh, I've retired now, mate. So not not very oh. much. <laughs> well, I'd love you to come down to the Coral RSL. That's where I'll be broadcasting live on Wednesday. I'll be there Tuesday night as well. If uh, your sons and family are around, then they want to come down and, and have a few refreshing ales and some dinner. But I'll be broadcasting live there Wednesday. And what I want to chat to you about on Wednesday, it's almost, it'll almost be a part two to this because we're nearly running out of time here, is I want to talk to you on that Wednesday about the, the Kosciuszko Day at Randwick, the day of uh, you know just the celebrations and the joys for your family to win a race like that and, and obviously uh, a race worth that much money. And also, too, what this horse front page and news girl, et cetera, you know, they did for you 
in your training career, mate. So we might have a part two on Wednesday. How does that sound? <laughs> Sounds good. I might even come up and have a refreshing hour with you on Tuesday night. I think that'd be sensational because we are at the <laughs> Corowa RSL, folks. Yeah, I, know where that, I know where that is. And it will be the first time ever in the history of Sky Sports Radio and 2KY. I'm getting this information from Max Carter, who's one of our technicians at, uh, at Sky, and he built the network when it was 2KY. We've never, ever had a live broadcast in Corowa. So it'd be great to have you there, mate, and we can... We can uh, tell some yarns on Wednesday, all right? No worries. Thanks very much for the call, Dave.